Kia ora, you're listening to Speak Out Radio on 106.1 FM. I'm your host today, Compass, and I use they, them pronouns. My name is Charlie, and I use he, him, and they, them pronouns. I'm Sloan, I use he, him pronouns. My name's Ari, and I use they and them pronouns. Yeet. Yeah, we're having a good time. Got a lovely, like, variation of pronouns in the room today. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful with like a rainbow of pronouns. Um, yeah, so um, what we're going to talk about today is Pride because we're kind of like right in the middle of Pride Week, right? Yeah. So we've got a lot of stuff coming up and we've had a lot of stuff that's already happened and it's really exciting. So we're just going to kick off today by talking about Out in the Park because I just want to talk about Out in the Park. Like... I feel like since Out in the Park has finished, that's all I've talked about. I mentioned Out in the Park at least 12 times It's today. beautiful. Yeah. It's genuinely the best time. Yes. Yeah. I'd say it's a power move. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, talking about Out in the Park is a power move. It's just like, <laughs> I'm here. I'm queer. I went to Out in the Park. <laughs> <laughs> that's my um, Tinder bio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Ari and I, we both went to Out in the Park, and you performed at Out in the Park, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, how, where do I begin? Um, I'm not going to lie, like, it was my first time being in a Pride-related event. Ooh. So um, I've, been, I've been wanting to go, but um, I just never had the chance until now. And it just so happened to be the first time I was also in date drag and the first time where I performed to hundreds of people, which I think it's pretty sick. And the best part is that, oh, by the way, I was, I was dressed, um, dressed up in drag. I'm a drag king. (laughs) Follow me. Snaps for that. (laughs) Snaps for that. No, no, feel no pressure on following me. It's fine. But, um, but do it. Yeah. Yeah, if you want. Well, like, if you don't, then I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> At Harvey.spice. Yeah. Harvey's. Oh, sorry, that's best. <laughs> yeah. uh, no. Um, so, yeah, so I performed with Homer Neurotic, Cobalt, and Hugo Girl, and we performed the, a boy band number. Um, right at White Tongue Park and it was real nice like you know there was like so like there's such diversity of um people around you know like families you know people around our age like um people who are old (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you know boomers and um so many boomers boomers moomers zoomers you name it (laughs) you name it we've got it (laughs) you name it we got it that's a good slogan yeah um and it (laughs) And it was really lovely. Like the, um, like the crowd was amazing. It was supportive, and I, I'd say like it was probably like a really good experience for me. Like you know, for a first time being in that space, and it's just so inclusive. And I don't know, like you just, you could tell like from you know people that you're around with that you're just accepted like so much of, like as mm-hmm. you are. You know, you don't need to um, conform into something. Uh, you know from what we grew up with you know like they're just so open-minded and you know it's great to have that kind of opportunity in our community yeah it's so cool I feel like this year I had like this realization like halfway through out in the park that I was just like I'd been happy the entire day Mm. and I was just being like super flamboyant and queer oh heck yeah just like living my life and I was like why do we only have out in the park once a year yes (laughs) please yeah and 
there were so many amazing stalls as well. Like there were yes. a lot of lot of queer artists selling, mm-hmm. a lot of rainbow artists selling like their jewelry, um, their zines. Yes, we love zines in this house. So beautiful, yeah. and I just love it. Like I went to um, this stall, and I'm I'm gonna. And give her a quick shout out. Yeah. Um, it, she's also she also has a uh, drag alter ego um, as Lord Byron. Um, her hat. I know, yeah. so good. Um, and <clears throat> and she sells like um, she's also a freelance artist. Um, she makes zines and illustration. Um, if you follow her on Instagram, um, Cosmo Bones. Like I I don't know. Like it's it's just like it's cool. It's so cool to be in a place where you can you know, um, make connections with these kinds of people and get inspired by them. Oh, legit, legit. It was just, like, super nice to just be there, you know? And we had the community hikoi in the morning, which was so lovely, and we had a whole bunch of young people, like, right at the front carrying, like, massive flags, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is is the good stuff. Um, And, (laughs) like, we walked up to um, Waitangi Park, and, like... It was super cloudy and the clouds were like mm. really dark and I was like, oh no, it's gonna rain. And then within an hour it was sunny. And I was just like, this is the power we have. Yes. <laughs> like we bring the sunshine, as you said earlier. Yeah. So like, I'm like, it's just so good. Yeah. yeah. God says gay rights. Yeah. yeah. God says gay rights. <laughs> the title of this episode. Thank <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> yeah. And it's just it was just a really lovely experience for me, just being able to like I've been to Out in the Park before, but I think it was lovely, especially after last year not having it because of what happened in Christchurch, mm. and that was just mm. really tough in general oh, as, a, like, as a country. Um, so I think being able to come back this year and it just being like more than perfect was just like so good and so lovely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And... Y'all didn't, Charlie and Sloane, y'all didn't go to out in the park, and I want you to explain yourselves. I feel like such a bad gay. Um, I was supporting a friend getting a first tattoo. He was really nervous about it, and it took up, like, the entirety of his forearm. So I feel like that was an acceptable excuse. It took, like, seven hours. So. Oh, wow. That is yeah. no excuse, Sloane. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, that's, it's like... And in a list of excuses, like, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Like, not going to lie. Yeah. Good friend. And Thanks. now, Charlie, over to you. You're in the hot seat. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. What, what is... What, what went wrong? I can't even remember what I did on Saturday. It was on Saturday, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't even... I, I have a terrible memory. I don't remember what happened <laughs> yesterday, so that's a bit of a problem. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I live out in, like... Uh, Horton Bay now, uh, so like ooh. it's such a mission to get into town, and um, I don't think anyone was going to come with me, and so I was just like, oh, now I'm nervous, and so that'll be a reason, <laughs> which is silly, and I should, yeah, I'm, no. I'll work on that. No. There is absolutely no compulsory. <laughs> Out in the park is not compulsory. <laughs> it's just fun. Yeah, mm. but I'm sure that everybody that went will agree with Ari and I about how great it was, and also if you didn't go, you all good, but also. Why? Yeah. Like, I mean, you have next year to go. You have yes. next year. Also, yes. do what you're comfy with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Support that your local important. community. Yeah, yeah, legit. Yeah, it was so nice. And um, what we also decided that we wanted to do today is spill the tea on the Wellington International Pride Parade. Because um, <clears throat> we're all about tea here. Um, 
<laughs> Got yeah. a nice Earl Grey. <laughs> oh, that's My terrific. Favorite. It's your favorite tea. It is. Oh. Yeah. Love Ooh. me some tea. Yeah. Uh, I'm British. Yeah. Love yeah. me some Earl Grey. Yeah. Oh. So many. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was too much. Oh. Too much. Bringing the good content. <laughs> yeah. So, um, does somebody want to explain what the Wellington International Pride Parade is, or shall I take it? Charlie, do you have an explanation? Um, so, the Wellington International Pride Parade, from what I understand, is basically like it was supposed to be like a day where we celebrate everyone in the queer community and it's supposed to be just a huge parade of queer people and queer performers um, going down the main streets of Wellington um, and showing how queer they are um, but instead uh, throughout time it's kind of turned into more of a commercial kind mm. of thing where businesses come and um, dress up in colourful outfits and mm. decorate their fire engines um so that they can and their tanks. yeah and their yeah. tanks as well so that they can say we are lgbt friendly but then a lot of the time they don't um they're not doing the work i guess yeah. to help create um inclusive spaces for their businesses so therefore it's um, a bit of a controversial thing at the moment um and last year was a really big deal with mm. um the Wellington International Pride Parade having a tank, uh, which was a very strange thing. I was, <laughs> I was filming there and um, the tank just like turned the corner and we were all like, uh, yeah. I think you came to the wrong event. I think, I think the worst thing about the tank was that like they barely made an effort. Like they had tiny pride <laughs> flags taped to it, like oh. sellotaped to it. Oh. And I remember just looking at it and being like, that was like, you brought a tank and you didn't even try to make it gay. <laughs> like, yeah, but it was just like, I remember I was there with my friend because it was his birthday. And um, yeah, and I was just there and I was like, this is really weird. It felt like a military march rather than like a pride parade. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think the thing that sucked about it was it was my first pride parade and it felt really gross. Mm. And... Um, that was just like such a shame because like the mm. point of it is that we're going to the effort of coming out into the public and showing people that we're proud of who we are and then it's just kind of um, all of these people just kind of talking about how their bank is okay with rainbows, which mm. is a strange yeah. thing. It's yeah. like a strange way um, to celebrate that they uh, and that they like gay people. She's like, oh, like yeah, we love rainbows. Pat on the back. Yeah, totally. I feel like it really takes away from what Pride was originally about as mm. well. Like it being like the first Pride Pride being a riot. Yeah, it completely takes away from the original message of like, don't fuck with us. Legit. Yeah. And it's sort of that thing as well of... I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people of them being like, why is it bad that cops were at the Pride Parade? Like, I don't understand. And then that me, like, looking at their profile and realising that, like, they're cis white gays and being like, oh, okay, so you're literally the least marginalised of this minority and obviously don't understand, like, yeah. every, all of the different contexts. Yeah, there's a lot... There's such, like, such lack of understanding of the historical context yeah. and uh the things that the way the way that wellington international pride parade does is going off in a tangent where people um you know start 
to lose the point of what the Pride Parade is about. Mm, totally. Of, like, it's very divisive. Mm. <laughs> of, like, the people that are, like, it's fine, and the people that are, like, it's really not, is, like, it's a massive divide. Yeah. Mm. I feel it, like, takes away from other people as well that really want to go to it, but mm. then there's, like, this big presence of these, like, looming companies and, like, military stuff, and then it can intimidate a lot of people into not going to something that is there for them, you know? Mm. Legit. And I feel like as well, like, um, ah, when was it? Two years ago, I think? Um, I remember going um, with my school's QSA and I brought along all of my gabies and they, <laughs> they got, like, they got sucked into the parade of, like, they were, we just went to watch it and in the end they had, like, rainbow flags and they were holding, like, um, like signs and stuff. Um, and then this, like, not this year, but last year, it was, like, if you'd wanted to join the parade, you couldn't have because, like, there was literally no place for people in the community to join in because mm. there weren't any community groups. Mm. Like, you wouldn't have seen your... Like, <coughs> if you're a young rainbow person, you wouldn't have seen your friends in that parade, that sort of thing, which I think is... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's definitely... They're definitely capitalising um, on marginalised groups. Um, this is a really weird, like, off-tangent... Um, analogy but it kind of reminded me of the so so um you know how so a few weeks ago um there was a queen concert at westpac stadium right yeah. so people um, are there to support or are there to celebrate one thing which is you know the band and the music but outside um right outside Wellington um, railway station there will be people cashing on those um on those people who wanted to celebrate the music and say this is the official thing yeah like you know we're the official merchandise but you know um so instead of buying the merch um which actually leads to actual thing you yeah. know you can make money from it um like you know we could yeah it like wasn't the official merchandise it's yeah like people were taking away from the actual like experience exactly. and the people that were being paid to be there and bringing their all to bring a show and people just like sitting outside and they're just yeah. cashing on yeah um they're basically capitalizing on something and it's really shady yeah i don't think it's like the best example that i put yeah. in but it just remi- it just made me think about how there's a lot of companies like, despite that there are there might mu- there might be some good intentions but the execution is did not is not turning out so well because clearly a lot of people are not being are not don't do not feel that they're being represented yeah legit yeah and i feel like it is a it's a little bit different because we don't know the circumstances of the people that were like sitting out there like you know people need to make money somehow but like big businesses do not need to take money away from queer artists and queer Mm -hmm. companies and small businesses um but yeah that that was a really great like analogy yeah totally i think it also um it sort of reminds me, because um, I just finished studying at Massey University, and I sort of led the anti-turf kind of movement. That was really good, by the way. Thank that you. Yeah. And, um, and when I was there, uh, it kind of struck me that same kind of, um, you're sort of capitalizing on how you're quote-unquote inclusive towards queer people but then at the same time you're not um putting in the effort for these trans people and you're not fighting the fights and you're not even including them when you are speaking for them Mm. um and that kind of stuff is just like really frustrating because you think that 
and a place like Wellington and a place like New Zealand and like in the age that we are now that these things are done with and that we are seen as equals to some extent Mm. Um, and then these kinds of things happen and it makes you realize that um, maybe we're just kind of being used a lot of the time which really sucks so Mm. yeah and I feel like as well being like I do a lot of stuff for Inside Out and I do I'm in queer spaces a lot so sometimes I forget that like there's a world outside of queer spaces and it's like a slap in the face when it's just like oh wait that's right like it's there is still a lot of inequality outside of Mm. these spaces um on like a structural and systemic level as well as just like people not wanting to acknowledge their privilege and acknowledge the fact that they make things actively worse for queer people and especially trans people a lot of the time yeah Mm. which is (laughs) yeah yeah there's still a lot of work to be done yeah yeah Yeah. even though god said gay rights um a lot of a lot of other places don't say gay rights Mm. (laughs) i agree yeah yeah (laughs) we're like they'll say gay rights if it helps them yeah yeah and i was um uh, last year when I had Will Hansen here, Will Hansen, um, yeah, Will Hansen, yeah. Will Hansen, <laughs> 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 I hope he never listens to this, <laughs> um, yeah, but, he did serenade him, though, yeah, so he yeah. should, yeah, um, yeah, but he, he was here and we were talking a lot about, um, sort of tokenism and mm. the pinkwashing of a lot of places, and I feel like that's really, like, it's, it's sort of, like, jogged my memory of that conversation of, like, if you're not putting in the work, then you don't deserve to put a rainbow up. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Of like, yeah, snaps to that. Um, so it's, yeah. And I think a lot of the time, some businesses are like, how do I do that? How do I make sure queer people, how do I include rainbow people and queer people in our spaces when it's literally like, you know, there's so much you can do from going through your policies and making sure that they're inclusive and explicitly exclusive, uh, exclusive, inclusive. <laughs> and like, just to, yeah, it's like, ooh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. What's the tea? Yeah, tea. Um, yeah, like there is a lot that businesses can do and mm. being in a pride parade itself doesn't make you a rainbow inclusive space. Yeah, yeah. 100%. It's yeah. definitely, you know, if you all you do is just present yourself um, in those kind of instances, you're just saving face, and mm-hmm. you know you got to do the work to actually earn um, earn people's trust. Exactly, it's like that thing of like every single month should be Pride Month. <laughs> like yeah. if you're yeah. a company, every single month should be Pride Month, not just yeah. Pride Month itself. Yeah. Definitely, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it like I do agree with you. Like despite um, you know how much these um, companies would put out like a rainbow, and you know like. Um, and say that they're fully um, supportive of the rainbow community. There's still a lot of work to be done. Like I, I had, a, I have a friend who works at. Um, I, actually, should I? Don't I, name them. Don't. Do I it. won't name it. Yeah. I won't I name get it. sued. <laughs> That's true. Don't sue us. Yeah, please. Um, but there is a certain, um, certain company that my friend was in, and due to the scarcity of the representation. Um, representation and they're non-binary as well mm-hmm. and since they're the only known non-binary in, um, in, in that branch they got involuntarily assigned to do to be in charge of the um, rainbow representation uh, yeah. yeah yeah and on on one hand um, they did wanted to 
help out and in, and improve the representation. But on the other hand, you know, they just wanted to work. They didn't yeah. want to be there just because they didn't want to take up the job just because they're non-binary. Yeah. Exactly. So it's so the scarcity. It's I th- yeah, like you said before, uh, uh, definitely lots yeah. lots to be done. Yeah. And I think as well, we see that a lot just in general, like going to like from my own experience and then also just like going to schools and seeing Mm. in QSAs of like young people are made to like change schools policies and make their classes and their um, like fellow students and teachers like um, be inclusive, inclusive of them. And then also in the workplace as well of hearing like so many rainbow people that are like. I just came here to work. They found out I was, like, mm. rainbow in some way. And then suddenly I had all of this unpaid yes. um, work that I had to do because, like, they, like, f- stop making, um, like, minorities do unpaid emotional labor, especially, exactly like, any labor because, like, you know, people should get paid for their activism and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, and that's, I think, still a really huge problem mm-hmm. that we see a lot, sadly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's all of our pride tea. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we did want to talk about some other things because um, when I was thinking about this episode, when I was planning this, like, this year of, like, what are some topics we can cover? I was just like, I'll just write pride here because <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do yet. Um, but at least I've got something written down. And then I messaged y'all and I was like, kind of want to talk a bit more about community because I feel like that's kind of the theme of Pride this year Mm. is talking about community, talking about like the intersections of different communities and also how um, a lot of the time Pride is um, like in Pride community is taking a back seat um, so that people can get big money even though they have enough. Um, So I guess... I thought it would be really cool if we could just start delving into, like, the different intersections of community. And that was something you wanted to talk about, eh, Charlie? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, I guess, like, there's divisions both, like, within the queer community, then within, like, intersectioning cultural, like, identities. Um, and then even, even more like um specifically within the trans community itself like there seems to be so many um divisions that um that kind of break our community up which is such a shame because um you know as is so such a typical phrase we're stronger together and um Mm. and a lot of the time it's like when there are um so for example there are these um lgb kind of groups that are separating themselves from trans people or just from any non-binary kind of identity mm. um, as part of their own community because they see themselves as just being, like, the sexual, I guess, or the, like, yeah. sexual orientation kind of aspect of being queer. Um, they they kind of... It's like this um, elitism, almost, mm. where they, they can um, still see themselves as minorities and... Um, and and so on but they still think they're better than than us in a way which is so bizarre because Mm. um a lot of their experiences are totally shared by us um our experiences are not entirely shared by them though Mm -hmm. so like there are things that we experience that um 
lesbian, gay, and bisexual people will never understand. Um, mm. And that's okay or as well. Or cisgender. Or cisgender. Oh, yes, yes, sorry. I forgot. Straight people exist. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, like how trans lesbians out. exist. <laughs> <laughs> you can have diverse sexuality and gender. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, um, life just gets wild it's sometimes. It's insane. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> we go through it, but um, <laughs> but but it's like there there are these experiences that trans people have that people who are exclusively are cis and lesbian and gay and bisexual and mm. pansexual and so on, um, they don't understand, and that's fine though. And so like it seems so strange that we can um, see their experiences and and be like, we know that your experiences are relatable to us, but ours are not relatable to you. But that's okay because we have some commonalities mm. and the um, discrimination that we face is not that much different. Um, and so, like, mm. we, we do have common ground, but instead, um, I guess, yeah, that elitism is causing a wedge in between this community that was once so, um, so strong, it seemed, or mm. so, like, um, quietly, you know, like able to, to overcome obstacles in the past and now it seems to be breaking in a weird way. Yeah, which I, I, I do find quite interesting because, sorry, um, while you're talking, I'm just thinking about Will Hanson. Um, <laughs> Will Hanson. Will Hanson. Yeah, but that was, a, uh, that was another thing that we kind of touched on uh, because it, he um, studies rainbow history, specifically trans history. And I think that's really interesting thing of seeing how rifts have divide um like have changed over time of like um you know maybe like 30 40 years ago things were based more on like your like how much money you had um mm. what color you were um like if you were able-bodied or not and also like whether or not you were trans and the stuff like that and it does feel really weird to me now that like we have things like social media we're able to connect in mm. a like more easily, more freely, and, like, sometimes in, a like, a deeper way than maybe. Uh, well, maybe that wasn't the right way to say it, but, like, we can communicate with each other, like, 24-7 if we wanted to. Yeah, social... Like, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, no, like, Sloan, if I wanted to text you every single minute of every single day, which I do, um, <laughs> like, I could, whereas, like, if a pigeon had to be involved, you know, like, it would take a little longer... <laughs> You know, I would like send that. you pigeons constantly, yeah, though, oh like smoke signals, the yeah. whole nine yards. Oh my gosh, yeah. I like, love you so much. I, I just love you <laughs> so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's that sort of thing of, like, it feels like we should be closer as mm. a community, and yet somehow we're not, which is so weird. And But it is sort of, like, it is a historic thing in a way, but it definitely has changed in how it shows itself. I think. I don't, sorry, I don't understand the whole, uh, the fact that we are a community and we exist solely because people don't like our existence. Like, that's where it stemmed from. I don't understand why people in that community would go ahead and do the exact same thing that they had to themselves. Like, mm. it's causing a lot more issues and it's, it's not making anyone better than anybody else, you know? Mm. I think, um, I totally agree with that. I think the thing that, um, is pro 
possibly enlightening about the whole thing is that the discussions about this are just louder than the amount of people that actually back it. Mm. Um, and a lot of the time these divisions um, can be put in place by people on the outside who are trying to split us up and it would be a shame to see it actually happen. So I guess the important thing is to um, come together instead of um, let this divide us. Yeah. And that's such a lovely note to end this bit on. So um, we're going to continue this conversation in podcast form. So you can find us on Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, and also on our website, insideout.org.nz. Um, so head over there if you like our voices um, and you want to hear me tell Sloane that I love him a little bit more. Um, Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. You've been listening to Speak Out Radio on 106.1 FM. Hello, welcome back to the loyal ones. Um, so, I before we jump back into it, um, take it away, Ari. There you go, Tabby. There's some music that you wanted in this podcast. Hire me. Yeah. Was <laughs> <laughs> that careless whisper? That's what you could guess. Yeah. Um, so that was our little section for Tabby. Um, everybody else who isn't Tabby, just, you know, sorry you had to listen to that. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Ari, but I don't think I'll be out having you back. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so before that lovely little <laughs> musical interlude, um, we were talking about like intersecting identities and talking specifically about transness and it, that intersecting with um, sexual diversity within the rainbow community. And we kind of wanted to touch a little bit more on sort of like cultural diversity um, because I feel like that gets overlooked a little bit because I guess it is... It's, it's a little bit different in the fact that being trans is just inherently, like, a part of the rainbow community, and just, it's just people being like, you shouldn't be a part of the community, whereas, like, cultural diversity is something that is a little external from the rainbow community, but is super impactful to how we experience uh, rainbowness mm -hmm. and all of that, um, and it's super interesting. So that's something that you wanted to talk about, right, Ari? Yes. Yeah. Um, Take it away. Well, um, so I so I use they and them pronouns. So um, as you can tell, I'm non-binary. Um, <clears throat> a bit backstory about me is that I'm Filipino and represent. Hell yeah! So I was <laughs> born from the Philippines and I moved here in 2007. So around like nine or ten years old. Wait, I think I moved here in 2007 as well. Oh my, <gasps> oh my goodness, where from? Um, from to Europe, just that general vicinity. Oh, yeah, it's like what? <laughs> love it. Yeah, it's Yeah, it's like spicy. If we, I'm like. I, yeah, I'm white, but I'm like spicy white. Spicy know? white. <laughs> it's like, did you add salt? Yeah. It's like, I, salt is good to eat oh for, for for wounds though. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah. <laughs> but in all honesty, my little brother had a little had trouble with eating like black pepper. Like like it was a lot. So 
Oh, I know someone who, <laughs> and I kid you not, finds capsicum spicy. Oh my gosh. No, 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 no. That's, no. Not, that's just an allergic reaction. No, no, okay. So once I, um, I was at their household and they had, <clears throat> and their family was, um, had chili night. So it's like, you know, like beans, oh. men's, you know, with rice, that kind of thing, right? And um, so his mom would, you know, start making the chili, you know, like put some beans, some, you know, like tomato sauce, mince. And I don't just know about, how you make chili, but like... I don't know either. I don't yeah. know either. So, and halfway through, she would put up like a smaller pot for for this person and you know and and she would put the rest of the spices uh, from you know from the original pot so he has like a little designated pot for him because he finds capsicum spicy wow i know that, i oh my gosh does it Is it anyway we got sidetracked <laughs> <laughs> some spicy yeah. tea for you yeah white people are weak <laughs> <laughs> yes anyway continue you're from the philippines <laughs> Yeah, that's that's about where we got to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. Eh? So I moved here on twenty oh seven. So. So. <clears throat> so just like how? So I'd say about like fifty fifty percent. Um, fifty percent of my life has either been from you know from the Philippines and from here. Mm-hmm. And one thing that. Um, I like to point out is that I grew up from like a very, um, very integrated with both both cultures. So the culture from where I grew, um, where I was originally born from the Philippines, and the culture that I grew up that I grew up with here. Um, and one thing that I found interesting, especially when I'm in a community that's you know more specifically about you know, one culture and another is that people will kind of see you as the other person. Mm. So as a, you know, um, a queer person of color, um, you know, I, you know, for some reason being queer has become almost synonymous to having a white identity, which is Mm -hmm. really weird. Um, And, you know, when I'm around, um, you know, um, from around people from the Filipino community, they 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 think like I'm you know too queer and white white to be Filipino. And when I'm around um, people who uh, around queer spaces, you know, people kind of just ca- you know categorize me as some as the Asian person. And it doesn't feel like I'm being seen as you know kind of like there's it's hard to have a sense of belonging when people see you as the other. Mm. Yeah, of like you always have to leave a little bit of yourself at the door. Oh yeah, like depending like depending on who you're hanging out with, whether mm. that be your queer identity or your cultural identity. Yeah, yeah, and for and there was a period when you know it was almost as if like I had to segregate those two parts of myself. So when I go to one group, I have to be more of like you know you know my Filipino culture self, and the other is my my queer Western self. Capsicum is spicy. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, that shouldn't be segregated, you know? You know, they're both me. And, you know, and a really big thing that I got from it is that you don't need to, you know, you know, you know, make, you know, 
put little pieces of yourself to others, you know, mm. why not just be whole and, you know, mm. you know, if you were a cake, you know, like make people choke from that because yeah. that's you, <laughs> you know, like a big ube, you know, rainbow you. cake. Yes. <laughs> Moral of that the story, choke be... people out. To- choke people from your true self. Yeah. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> I appreciate it. I too. Yeah. You know, like, don't sell yourself out. Don't put yeah, yourself into yeah, tiny exactly. cupcakes. Be the best damn cake you will ever exactly. be. You know? I'm sorry, Ari. That's like a great point. But <laughs> like, that is a really good point of, like, you shouldn't have to, like, like boil yourself down into, like, small pieces. You should yes. be but a cake. Yeah. Yeah. Be the goddamn that. cake. Because you're not a snack. You're the whole damn meal. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, snaps for Lizzo. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. Queen. Lizzo. Yeah. Yes. Oh, queen. queen. <laughs> Everyone agrees. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love you so much, Oh my god, stop. We're going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's... How have you found that sort of, like, being able to bring both sides of yourself, like, all the pieces of yourself into a space? Has that been, like, a journey for you? Or is that... Oh, yes. Yeah? Like, definitely. Um... I guess there was a breaking point um, some time ago when I realized that I'm, you know, like from having those two sides of two parts of me segregated, when one side um, suddenly, you know, when there's this group of people who who can no longer support you anymore, mm-hmm. you know, like you have this huge void that you needed a lot of support, and I thought like, you know, okay, damn, you know, I. You know, like, it, you know, like I'm lacking so much support in this aspect, and you know, like, and I knew from that point that you know there's this aspect of me that I've been neglecting, you know, um, and and I realized, you know, that wholeness. Mm. I, I you can't see me from the podcast here, but I'm tra- I'm basically intertwining my hands together, like yeah. two, you know, two aspects of me yeah. joining, and I realized that. Despite, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, like there's a lot of improvements that come across in terms of um, intersectionality um, um, within the rainbow group, but there's still so much to um, to learn from. Like I didn't have any resources as, you know, a person, uh, as a Filipino person living here in New Zealand and being able and having to integrate um, two different cultures. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of resources um, and the fact that a lot of um, the people, um, the Filipino people who I eventually found out they were also rainbow identifying, they didn't have those support, um, the support, the validation, the resources. And, you know, and when I, and sometimes when I just, you know, talk to them, you know, they, you know, they were like the way that you know, they talk about their, their experiences very, you know, reflects a lot to how I feel, um, mm. how I felt before. And I just hope that in the future, you, um, you know, you know, myself or, um, and other people will be able to provide that kind of support and, you know, um, share our experiences. So someone like me won't feel alone mm. because, you know, feel that feeling of not being, you know, that feeling of not feeling, 
you know that have that sense of belonging from two different groups where supposedly you're supposed you're supposed to belong with can be really isolating mm. yeah legit snaps for that I think it kind of um, <clears throat> makes me think about uh, representation in a way as well because like um, although treatment of people especially in the queer community shouldn't be um, justified upon representation it often is um, totally and like I'm a trans mask white guy and I feel like I'm really represented like within the trans community at least like I would love to see more cultures be um, actually the people that are leading the movement mm. because it shouldn't be that of course the white person is the protagonist mm. and every other culture is just a side person or is just an afterthought it's pretty disgusting mm -hmm. and I think it's really sad that that's an experience um, that many people have um, and I yeah I just can't even like mm. I'm just like I can't even empathize because I feel like it's so far like it's so different yeah. from my experience and yeah. that's just like that really sucks mm -hmm. um, I feel like that's kind of like what you were talking about before with the division between like sexual orientation and gender diversity of like um, we have common experiences mm. of having a rainbow identity um, but there are also experiences that um, as Pākehā people or you know as people that maybe aren't immigrants or something like mm. that we don't have that experience but we should still be able to connect on a common ground and be able to listen to people mm. and that's why I think it's so great that you're here sharing your experience because mm. I'm sure somebody will listen to this and be like oh damn, oh, damn. <laughs> it me it's yeah. me totally yeah. yeah I mean it's you know I'm it's what I'm here for and you know if anyone is listening my name is Ari and if you manage to find me on social media, don't be afraid to talk to me. I like talking to people, and this is why I'm here. I like talking. I don't know why I'm like yeah, you're doing like fingers. jazz hands, jazz like, hands. Yeah, yeah, to spice it up a little. Yes, yeah, um, spicy. Yeah. Another thing um, is uh, that hasn't been raised as much because it's becoming. It hasn't been raised like you know around uh, for like ages but immigrant experiences especially you know being a queer you know a rainbow person that has an immigrant experience it's definitely there's a lot of uh there's it's it's a different realm compared to a lot of um a lot of western people portray their own lives I'm not sure if I'm making sense here yeah I kind of understand like um, I mean Sloan you lived overseas as well and yep. me too of um, like it's that thing of you know how your rainbow community works in your country mm -hmm. of like here in New Zealand in Aotearoa I understand how the queer community works mm -hmm. like I understand that like Sadly, um, there are quite a few TERFs. Like, we have a TERF problem, but also, like, I know where to go to get resources and get support. Mm. But, say, like, while I was in Europe, because I was quite young when I was there, I didn't understand the rainbow community that was there. Mm -hmm. And 
I feel like it's that weird thing of maybe if like growing up in a country I feel like were I to move to a different country now it would be so like disorientating trying to figure out how the rainbow community worked in that country if that makes sense mm-hmm. yes. yeah totally um, agree yeah. yeah I had a very similar experience like growing up in Scotland and like just the UK in general was a completely different experience I, to come you do the same it. thing as me as whenever I say Scotland I immediately get an accent Scotland can't help it yeah I do the same thing <laughs> But yeah, like, I, growing up there and, like, figuring everything out was really rough. And I think it was, like, partly because I come from, like, a military background and I was really young at the age and also because there wasn't a lot in my town. Like, Mm. there was just, it wasn't spoken about. It was very weird at the time. And then I moved to New Zealand and it was like, oh, well, everyone's so gay. Why? <laughs> oh, it's well, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was great. Like, those. I went from having no resources, resources whatsoever to, like, running the QSA mm-hmm. in my high school. And it was such a, a head-spinning experience, mm-hmm. the amount of stuff that you can get done. Yeah. It was, it was dope. Yeah. Is That's that good. sort of, like, your experience as well, do you think? Um, oh, one thing that I really wanted to point out is that um, a big part of... Um, of um, of figuring out a, a person's identity is definitely um, different knowledge systems. So, mm. like I said before, um, you know, uh, you know, but g- growing up with two different cultures also means um, growing up with two different knowledge systems. So, a person's way of, you know, you know, being brought up in a like in different ways of thinking and in processing and you know how to perceive people how to act mm-hmm. um a lot of it comes into play um for example um there's a lot of how can i explain this um there's a lot of differences of um etiquettes and between um from like the west you know from western culture pakeha culture here and um and the filipino culture that i that um that i was born with um there's a lot of which is that for example i moved out of home just so like i can focus better on on my studies um and you know focus on you know you know what i what i wanted for myself and that's something that's very taboo in filipino culture um and having that sense of independence is very um is a huge contrast to this collective um upbringing that um that myself and my parents um were from and by having you know by for me to dis- to discuss more about my identity as a queer person is you know is a big you know gay flag mm. you know gay flag in front of them and because they think like hey you know you're 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 not you know like you the whole collective thing is you know focusing others before yourself that mm. kind of thing sometimes it's a good thing sometimes sometimes it's a bad thing it's kind of like you know with secular mindset too like yeah. it's got its own pros and cons and so to them you know for me to discuss about my own orientation um my own um you know both sexual or- orientation, gender orientation, um, 
you know, it's such like a huge realm for, for them because it's so uncommon to be, you know, to start talking about your own self because there's a lot of it that, uh, you know, a lot of family duties comes into play. Mm. A, um, a lot of, you know, finding out, you know, the, this ability to provide, you know. Um, yeah, like the gender roles are completely, like, different when you have, you're a gender diverse person and that's something that, like... I think especially parents have to grapple with of saying, mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, so, like, I thought you were going to be this person, but it turns out um, either I can't categorise you or you're going to be something completely different than I thought you were going to grow up to be. Yeah, there is definitely, um, you know, like, a lot of adjustment in terms of... Um, um, a lot of adjustment between, you know, um, between first-generation immigrants and the par- and the parents who grew up from a different culture mm. and you know and adding that to um those immigrants who are figuring out their own um rainbow identity that kind of adds a whole different thing because they're battling you know um what fits them as a person but they're also um figuring out they- who they are and also explaining that to um to their loved ones who you know have never uh, come across to that before yeah yeah that's a super interesting yeah and I think that's something as well to remember of like I think a lot of us are on super different levels of like some people are out to their parents some people mm-hmm. aren't and just remembering that like there is a cultural difference as well of like some people it's like uh for me personally like m- m- half my family being German and only speaking German means that I can't explain things to them because literally the language does not exist and mm-hmm. that um sort of can translate roughly I guess to being like the way we talk about things doesn't exist and having to create new language and new ways of talking about things Mm -hmm. and things being like you know Mm -hmm. sorry I I didn't explain that very well (laughs) of like yeah of things are different depending on your parents upbringing not Mm -hmm. only your own yeah totally there's a lot of occasions where you have to um like work yourself around for them to understand um for them to understand, um, it's it's quite a journey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that like in general, gender diversity is just like a teaching moment for almost everyone around you, almost like almost for your entire life. It's, yeah. it's like a teaching moment, and I can't imagine um, people not uh, people in different cultures um, who might not even have the resources that they need to do their own research for that kind of stuff. Like, when I was um, mm. d- telling my mum about it, about the fact that I was trans, she had resources online that she could find. She had, like, um, other English speakers who had experienced similar things who she could talk to. Um, and maybe that's not mm. a normal thing in other cultures to share those kinds of experiences and even to have that kind of language accessibility in the same way. So Yeah. yeah. And I think as well it's important to remember that most of that comes from colonialism. Yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but colonialism. Yeah. Um but like rem- <laughs> remembering that like That should be a jingle. Yeah. But colonialism. Um <laughs> but like more um, music for Tabby. Yeah. <laughs> more music for Tabby. Yeah, but remembering that like different 
um, cultures and different places had their own ways of talking about things and their own language for this sort of stuff. And a lot of that was lost and destroyed because of colonialism, because of imperialism, all of that sort of stuff of um, that we've lost so much of that. And like, it's not because any culture is like more homophobic or inherently transphobic than another, it's because of how like hard countries have been hit by colonialism. Yeah. Um, and I was going to make another point, but I've forgotten it. So I guess we're not going to make that point. <laughs> I think. Please, oh. Sorry. Oh, 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 hello, hello. <laughs> Ari, you go first, then you, Charlie. Yeah. Yes. Um, I was going to say, you know, like, we've all been brought up with colonialism. Um, you know, like, this, you know, either, you know, how privileged we are or not, like, we're still part of the problem, but what we can do now is that we're acknowledging it, we know it's a problem, and, you know, slowly and gradually, you know, we find little things that we could help with so, you know, people from the future, from future generations will have to work, you know, um, work less from, mm. from the damages that colonialism has done. Mm. Yeah, and I think um, I want to build off of that by, since, since we're all, like, New Zealanders, uh, really, um, I think it's important to also talk about like Takatapui people. I don't yeah. think yes. that I can. Yes. Ask, I was going to go into that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can probably like speak a lot about it because I'm not Takatapui. But like, mm. um, it's also just like really important to mention um, that like in a similar way. Since you're talking about uh, how we can like bring back the co- the cultural um, importance of this like gender diversity and like. Um, Sexual yeah, sexual diversity. Um, we can also we also are seeing that through like a, a reemergence, I suppose, of like the Takatapui mm-hmm. identity becoming more mainstream, I suppose, and um, through like amazing like bodies of work, like mm-hmm. Inside Out. Oh, yeah, Inside Out, amazing, right? And also, <laughs> um, yeah, and also like um, places like Gender Minority, Gender Minorities Aotearoa, like. Um, kind of putting takatapui people at the forefront mm. of these kinds of um, organizations, which is just like incredible. And it's really nice to see like um, more of that cultural significance being at the forefront yeah. of the movement. Yeah. Um, also, um, I, there are a couple episodes that um, were yeah, done last year with um, some lovely takatapui people um, here talking about like their relationship to their Takatabui identity mm. and how it wasn't even just that thing of they were allowed to bring like all pieces of themselves together but they were able to actually like merge all of those pieces of themselves of being able to acknowledge their heritage and their rainbow identity at the same time rather than just in the same space mm. if that makes sense totally. yeah and that's like language is a really important part of that mm-hmm. um, and being able to connect to parts of yourself so I recommend if you're interested in what Charlie was just talking about um, going back and there are two different episodes on Takatapui um, identities that have been done in the last year so go check them out yeah so I reckon um, we've been going for a solid 54 minutes and 50 seconds so um, you know Rounding it up from there, it was really 48 seconds, sorry. Um, don't at me. Um, yeah, but I reckon maybe now's the time for any closing thoughts or comments that y'all had. Um, 
I guess um, although we identify a lot of things that are problematic to say the least about the queer community it's also nice to remember that it's getting better all the time thanks mm. to organizations um, helping queer people um, get the voices that they need and um, continue that representation and teaching um, to the rest of the world so it's nice to see the community expand in different ways um, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yes, adding to that, in, um, like despite all of um, the adversities that um, that we've been facing recently, you know, um, like I agree, you know, gradually, slowly, and surely, you know, things are getting better, um, and I hope that it continues to be like that. And um, to those people who are listening, and um, and needed someone to tell you this, we see you, we hear you, and know that we think of you. It's so sweet. Like, the first thought that I had that came through my mind when you said the compass was literally just be gay, do crime. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that slide. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you all so much for coming in and chatting about this. And thank you, everybody who's listening. Um, yeah. It's a, so... Wow, another episode down. Wow, who'd have thunk it? Um, yeah, so I'm really excited to see how the rest of our Pride Week goes forward. Um, also, just a little shout out to the fact that we're having the youth ball um, on Saturday um, and we're doing gender affirming makeup beforehand as well. So if you're listening to this when it comes out or in the week of it when it comes out, um, definitely you know, go to the youth ball, come along to all of the fun events that we're putting on. Um, we're doing a, like a zine making workshop. We're doing mm -hmm. like a, a scavenger hunt, I think. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> it will be like, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And also but throughout the next couple months, we're going to be doing a whole bunch of workshops about how you can make your schools rainbow inclusive, mm. um, which I think ties in kind of nicely with what we were talking about at the beginning of making sure that spaces are inclusive as well as, so that they're not just tokenistic, you know? Um, so, hell yeah. Let's do that. All right. Kakeets!